I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internals, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, a woman's work facilitator, mentor, and coach, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then please visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com or connect with me on Instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife. Now, if you love this podcast, then please consider taking a moment and leave a review as this is how you can help us reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories. The Natural Birth Podcast also has a Patreon page, so if you'd like to shout me a cup of coffee to show me your appreciation for the podcast, then you can do that there. Thank you for all your support and love. It's deeply appreciated. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Taylor. Taylor is a mama of three from New Jersey, USA. She's a self-proclaimed free spirit, a lover of nature, baking, and an avid learner of pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. In today's episode, Taylor will share about her three natural births and the big difference between her first hospital birth, her second planned home birth becoming an accidental free birth, and her third home birth assisted by her lovely known midwives. Curious about Taylor? Find her on Instagram as Hey Tay Tay. Hello, Taylor, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you going today? Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here. I feel very blessed to be talking to you. I feel like midwives are superheroes. So I'm excited. <laughs> love yeah. the praise. Love the praise. Give it, give it. <laughs> like I'm, I seriously respect my midwives so much. Yeah. And I love anyone that does this. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. That's lovely to hear. I always love hearing that. And I do. I'm a big fan of midwives as well. Um, Most midwives Mm. I know are amazing rock stars and um, the best Mm, women ever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, And I know I listened to your story as well on how you've kind of, your journey has led to that. So I was just really um, inspired. 
Oh, cool. That's nice to hear. Yeah. So I know you're an avid listener to podcasts. You kind of told me that you've been listening the last five years and you're mm -hmm. a big fan. And so mm -hmm. am I. I mean, there's nothing better than storytelling. That's really, I feel how we can really give uh, and pass on really embodied wisdom is through storytelling. Yes. It's such a powerful thing to do and share. So yes. thank you for coming to share your three birth stories. I know that, you. you know, you'll first share about your, um, you had a hospital birth for your first and then you had two home births yep. and all mm -hmm. natural. And I, yeah, I'm really curious um, as to how, you know, the decision-making was for your first, how you, you know, continued on with the home birth and all of that. So let's dive on in and please share with us where you're based as well, where you are in the world. Great. Great. I'm in New Jersey. Um, and so my partner and I live here and, um, we were in a relationship for about a year when we found out that we were pregnant with my first. <laughs> um, so that was a bit of a, uh, of a surprise, but it was really cool timing. It was, it was almost like divine timing because my partner had just lost his brother a few months prior to this, like six months prior. And so mm -hmm. we were especially him going through just this massive transformation in his life and this grief process. So yeah, when we did find out that we were having my first, it was actually a really cool timing thing. And I feel like it was like the joy that we needed to go forward. Um, even though it was sort of unplanned and we weren't, I mean, definitely unplanned and we weren't, you know, kind of like expecting it. So that was cool. And we had a really cool pregnancy. Um, I got, I was able to work with a doula who I absolutely love. And she, and I went to the same yoga studio. And so she was still in her training. So I got to meet with her like a lot of additional times than you normally would. Mm -hmm. And we really forged this like relationship. Mm -hmm. So she taught me so much. And I feel like she's the reason why, one of the reasons why I'm so inspired by birth and yeah, she like really helped me dive in. So I learned a ton that year leading up to birth. And I, and I knew I wanted a home birth immediately with my first, that's not what ended up happening. Um, but I was like, this is, this just feels right. You know, like there was no question that that was where I would want to be. I don't know, like even not having done much research about birth leading up to that experience until getting pregnant, I was like, this just feels right. I don't know. Maybe it's like just that natural energy. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, tried that path, uh, brought it up to my partner, brought it up to my mom, brought it, you know, and they weren't ready for it. Like they were very like, oh, that's I'm freaked out. I don't know what that is. Like, that's not safe. Like, you know, and yeah. at that point I had not done all the research yet to really present it in a way that was like, this yeah. is exactly, you know, even honestly, even saying like, I'm going to do this naturally. I'm not going to do like any interventions was like, people were like, yeah, great. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. So this is not something people believe in, right? Like yeah. for some reason, that doesn't mean I have to feel that way. Yeah. So I just sort of went forward with this like mindset. Okay. When labor starts, I know what to expect. I'm going to stay at home for as long as I possibly can mm. so that I do, you know, show up 
to this hospital and I'm not going to have time for interventions. They can't really get involved. Like I just want it to be as physiological as it can be. Yep. Um, so that is, that is what ended up happening. Um, we went into labor at like 4am. I slept for three hours. I could kind of like feel, I was dreaming about the contractions. Like I was aware of them, mm-hmm. but I was like, Nope, just going to sleep, just gonna stay in bed, like work through this beginning process. <laughs> so we yeah. really just like took it easy and it was just me and my partner in our apartment. And we stayed there for, and probably, you know, all morning, just taking a shower. I took a shower. I did like all the things. Um, and, but fairly quickly it worked up to active labor, probably within like, if I got out of bed at 7am, probably by like nine or 10. Wow. It was already good progress. Like, mm. Yeah. And you know, I, I look back now and I know what transition was. And that was me sitting on the couch being like, wait a minute. Like, never mind. <laughs> I don't want to do this thing anymore. This is too much. And I started to cry. I was like, can I handle this? Like situation in general, not just like, you know what I mean? Just birth. <laughs> I've never gone through it before. So yeah. we, we just kind of stayed home again for a little while. I called my doula. I called my midwife, whatever. They were like, okay, it actually sounds like you need to mobilize. Like you're definitely in like transition or whatever. Yeah. So we like somehow made it into the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking this is insane that anyone would move their body into a vehicle right now. Like, right. I yeah. did not want to be in the car. Like that was not supportive to my, no. the way I wanted to move my body. And that's the thing Which is, this is the hard part about going to hospital or a birth mm-hmm. center is that mm-hmm you know, especially hospital, you want to stay at home for as long as possible, right? Because you know that that's the best place to labor and to progress and to establish. And that's where you're really safe and, and, you know, comfortable and all of that. And we know that, you know, things can slow down when you move to the hospital, things can, yeah, it just gets interrupted with the hormones, right? So we know that. And so you want to wait, but then waiting is also the worst time to go in the car, right? Yeah. Yeah, because then it's like, oh my God. I know. So like this is just not a good option there, is there? Like if you go too early, then you, you know, obviously you risk more of that. There's no option. No. In my mind, (laughs) there's no option. Yeah. So we were in the car and I'm just like, is this actually happening? Like how? I cannot sit in a car. Like, that's crazy. But we got to the hospital and God made it to the lobby. I'm on my hands and knees in the lobby. Like, whoa. Like, I think I'm about to like feel that pushing phase, the normal, like kind of like the fetal ejection reflex. Wow. In the lobby. So in the lobby. So they get me in a wheelchair. We get upstairs somehow. You know, I'm I'm up there in the room and the mucus plug comes out and I'm just like, oh my God, did you guys see that? <laughs> Christian's like, I don't think we should be concerned. Like, that's normal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, why are you focused about that? Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, but you know, it was chaotic. Like there was four or five nurses in yeah. the room, you know, um, I remember just being like, whoa, there's a lot of activity going on here. And because obviously I'm showing up at this stage, they're probably like, whatever. They're trying to put this like IV in, which I didn't want. Um, And that 
what like luckily nothing ever ended up happening with that but they just wanted it in in case like whatever happens yeah and I hate needles so that was not that was not ideal um and you know again not supporting the position I wanted to be in because Mm. I'm now in a hospital bed and I could just feel that I was like I want to be on my side I want to do this I want to do that but they keep telling me to get on my back Really? Which did not feel right. Yeah, wow. like I wanted to be in a spooning position, which is actually how it's been pretty much all the time, all the yeah. three times. But so, you know, my doula was there, which was wonderful. My mom and my partner. So that's who was there besides like all the nurses. And yeah, um, yeah I just remember thinking like the nurses like seem to have no connection to this. It's almost like they're. Um, yeah. Like they're on a mission to do a job, but like there's almost no interact. Like, like obviously timing wise was difficult, but it was just a weird sort of sterile experience, I think, in that sense. And then, yeah, um, it becomes very easily. I I really know this, you know, and I really have observed that both working in that, you know, obviously in that hospital system, because it's like, it's like this thing because it's so unplanned, which is, this is hilarious, right? Because birth cannot be planned, but it, but the system tries to plan right. it, right? And especially in your country and, and also here and like around the world, but especially like I think the US, it's just mm-hmm. only really sees planned birth. Like generally that's what, because almost everyone gets induced or there's yep. augmentation, there's stuff happening. There's, you know, there's just a lot of meddling. Yep. So the surprise of someone actually coming in ready to birth is very rare. And so yeah. it's like they're all being, they're all thrown out because they're like, oh shit, I have to take my list of things yes, to do. Yes. Instead of just going like, here's a woman obviously birthing like seamlessly, like all is happening beautifully. Let's just leave her to birth. And if something needs to happen, we can right. be there. But instead it's right. almost like kind of frantic, like shit, because it's like this, right? They need to tick their boxes for litigation and all these kinds of stuff, right? There's all these That's things. That's exactly what. So yeah, so they're like, okay, yeah. So in obviously in the US and in some places, there's like this, a lot of prevention, like putting in the IV in case you bleed, doing yeah. these things in case mm-hmm. you do this, instead of just going like, hey, this woman has obviously like labored at home and all is going amazing, and she's here just yeah. to actually birth her baby. Let's just you know let her do that. Instead, yeah. they go into doing mode. And ticking boxes mode. And I understand that. I can understand that energy because that's the only thing they see and do. And they're just not at all equipped to facilitate physiological birth at all. Right. Agreed. And, you know, that was what was happening. Like a lot of questions to fill this stuff out. And I was like, this is not the time for questions. (laughs) I'm not in the mental space for that at all. Um, And, you know, and my midwife, I did have a midwife. Um, but she was a hospital-based midwife, which is amazing. I'm really glad that I was able to find that. But so she came in and I remember being quite relieved, like, okay, <laughs> familiar face. Like, um, and then we started, like, I guess this is when I must have felt the pushing down, bearing down feeling, but I felt like it was happening naturally. And then we turned it into sort of like, oh, we're going to make this like a clinic. Like we're going to push now at this time. And do you know what I mean? Instead (sighs) of just being like, this can happen the way it's supposed to happen in whatever position, instead of moving me onto my back and then like coaching me through the pushing, I think I could have waited until it was just like totally happening. Yeah. Um, And now I especially know that because of the other two experiences, but um, so that was 
definitely weird for me. I felt like, why am I holding my knees up to my chest like this? It doesn't feel right. I don't like this position, whatever. Then, you know, my midwife, I just remember being like, she's the one that's going to get me out of this situation. So I was like very laser focused on her. The one thing that I think was a bit traumatic was she like right before the baby was coming out, like left the room to go check um, another patient, (laughs) which I understand because they have a lot of patients, but I was like, oh my God, like, whoa, because now you're in this part where it feels like you can't stop, but like, what am I doing? Like what, like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. You really need that continuity of care and that kind of safe space. I can't believe she left the room. That's like the last thing you do when someone's actually, it was very, yeah, yeah. it was intense. And I remember being to my doula being like, is she coming back? Like, when is she coming back? Is she coming back like soon? Or is she just going to like, like what's, you know, so that scared me, but she did come back very soon because the other you know, situation wasn't as progressed, but I just, that was a lot for me. So, um, and then the baby came right out and he was a boy, which we didn't know at the time, which was really cool. And so, um, I remember thinking a little bit, like, I can't quite focus on even like that this has totally happened until like, we're done (laughs) down there. (laughs) Like, let's just, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't even really, but they did put him on my chest, which was great because I wanted to make sure we did that yeah. skin to skin for a long time. And, and there were other elements I really was put off by, um, you know, they wanted, they put in those like eye drops. I don't remember what they're for. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a, that's the weirdest thing. That's like, I hated that. I, I was I, like really upsetting. Yeah, to me. I can't believe and they I do that. Didn't, like what it was called, but they didn't ask me. You know what I mean? So I didn't even know that was happening when they took the baby like aside to not out of the room, but next to me, like they were just doing all these things. And I was going to the bathroom with the nurse and like, I came back out and he had these eye drop. I was like, I don't like those. Mm. Um, so there were definitely parts of it that I really didn't like, and I knew that was going to happen, but like, Mm. luckily overall it was pretty much as good as it was going to get in that situation. And it was, thank God, the natural physiological thing mm. for the most part. Mm. Um, and I was really happy about that just for like all the health benefits. And mm. I just, I knew that I could do that. I, there wasn't any question about that. And I didn't understand why people don't believe in themselves, like in that mm. sense, like why, why wouldn't your body do this? Like it, it definitely mm. can with the right support and the right mindset. So that was a cool experience. Um, but I was definitely excited to find out when we were pregnant with the second so that we could do it in a different way. Yeah. You were <clears> keen <throat> to do it your way. Hey, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to share, <laughs> do you want to share a bit about that then? Because obviously yeah. then, how was your partner's um, experience about going to the hospital? Did he also go then like, oh yeah, for a second, let's do it at home. Like, or. Yeah. You know, I think he was somewhere more in the middle. Like he di- didn't like parts of being in the hospital either. He didn't like the staying at the hospital for a few days and being checked on like constantly and kind of like they would never just let us be with the baby, just like us. And, you know, he didn't like that part. And 
So I think he kind of saw some of that, but not like fully yet. And, and I guess I'm in the mindset at that point where I'm like, I'm never doing this again, period. Like this is not like, I'm not even, you know what I mean? So we were just not in that mindset, but yeah, there was definitely a shift for both of us, I think. And yeah. So he, you know, when Ferris was like, his name is Ferris when he was, we named him um, Ferris because Christian's brother's middle name was Ferris. So that was like a really cool way to honor him. But um, I guess I was like 11 months. He was 11 months old. Ferris was 11 months old when we found out or sometime around then that we were going to have a second, Wow. which again, non-planned quite that quick, but we're not the best <laughs> planners in this category. <laughs> So we were, you know, excited, but I was nervous because I will say, and I forgot to mention this, but I had a very tough time with nausea in my pregnancy with Ferris and it was manageable because I was like, I was myself. Like I didn't have a toddler to look after. Um, I didn't even have a job for a good chunk of that time because I had a like stressful job and Christian was super supportive and he was like, just don't like, let's have a really relaxed pregnancy. Aww. That's important for the baby. So supportive. You should stop working. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't even work, which made like any symptom doable, you yeah. know? So like I got through that first pregnancy pretty, pretty easily, even though the nausea was really hard Yeah, and it lasted a long time, like a really long time. So I was nervous about that with the second one. And that is what happened. It got worse. It was definitely a lot worse, which is common, actually. Mm, um, yeah, I think for, for a lot of people, for women who have more of a, did you have hyperemesis, like where you actually? I feel like it's right on the border. Uh, so that's what's yeah. tricky about it. Is like yeah. I don't actually throw up, and I don't get dehydrated and stuff. But it's like, but it's debilitating. It takes every yeah. ounce of energy to stay hydrated and to be able to get food in my body and whatever, all that stuff. So that was, and just to have it get worse was, was really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, and then have a toddler with, with that. So, so luckily, um, yeah, it, it, it was longer. It was longer. The nausea never really went away completely. Um, honestly, until like the third trimester. And even then it's always there in the background. It's just more manageable. Yeah. So got through that. And I think that comes along with like anxiety for me in a lot of ways Mm. during pregnancy, but I didn't identify that at that time because I didn't realize like kind of like how hard it was. Um, Mm. So that's something I've learned more about, but Um, yeah, so I got through that pregnancy. It was harder, but now looking back, I'm like, it was doable. (laughs) Um, and I remember, you know, being like, yeah, we're doing a home birth. Like this is happening. This is our opportunity. Mm -hmm. People still weren't totally on board by people. I mean, Christian and my mom. Yeah. Um, this is one of the coolest parts about this story for me is that my mom's transformation was so like extreme. Um, she, we really couldn't even talk about the home birth aspect of it for the first like six months, probably of the pregnancy. Um, Christian had watched 
business of being born with me. Right. That really helped him. Mm-hmm. He is a very like black or white person. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember him saying after we watched it, he was like, okay, why would anyone have a birth in a hospital? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Why did I not make you watch this? Yeah. I think that's great. I actually do recommend dads or partners watch um, that, especially if you are uh, from America, obviously, but just in general, it's just such a great, a great overview of it. Yeah. It makes you understand what you're walking into a lot of the times. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is natural, but I think Mm -hmm. when a partner, whether it be man, woman, whatever, and you hear your partner talking about something, sometimes it's hard to really take it in the same way as if it's coming from this other source. Yes. So I think like in my case, I have a tendency to be a little bit like, F the system. (laughs) I'm not going to follow the rules, like all this stuff. So I think my family and maybe Christian sometimes is like, oh God, where is she coming up with this idea of home yeah. birth? Like out of left field? Like, what is this? Like, mm. is it just because you're trying to be like, whatever? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, so it's, you got to present, I feel like it's important to present some other people and mm. their opinions and views on it as well. Mm. And, you know, there's so much besides even just that there's so much besides business of being born. There's books, there's yeah so much now podcasts episodes definitely yeah there's one uh documentary that's quite new from australia uh which is relevant anywhere in the western world really that's called birth time and so that's a really kind of current so obviously business of being born i don't know how old it is it's at least 10 years yeah. yeah yeah so obviously things are probably worse now than even then but um, yes, it can feel probably a bit old, whereas there's newer ones as well out there. You know, there's a lot of experts doing amazing things and, and documentaries and, and stuff. So there's other things to be found. Yeah. But that one is just so known. Like, you know, it's a good one. To yeah, just- it is. But I love that there's a, a current one. And I think it's important to like just have resources to share. And maybe like they're not going to read or watch all of them, but maybe mm-hmm. some of them. And that's what happened with my mom. You know, she ended up watching one thing and reading one thing. And I remember she called me one day. It was like I was six months pregnant, maybe. And she said, okay, I can see a little bit more like where you're coming from now because I've read this, I've watched this, and and I can see that like I get it, you know, like I get it a little bit more. So that was like really cool. Because yeah. I knew, like, she was probably going to be, like, I wanted her to be there. Right. Um, her, again, yeah. and Christian. So I was excited to hear that shift. Yeah, because that's really important. You probably couldn't have had her at your birth if she was really anti-home birth. That would yeah, have been really, really detrimental good. to the energy of your birth. Yeah. Yeah. And I might not have realized that, so I might have still, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Because... She is very important to me in this process. And, you know, um, so it was great that that happened. And I think that gave me a lot of relief. And then we just kept going through this pregnancy. I did not have any rocks and hicks, any prodromal label, anything with either of the first two. So we got to about like 40 weeks. And then here in the States, you're allowed, allowed in quotes. (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. um, I guess legally Mm -hmm. to have, or in New Jersey, at least 40, you can go till 42 weeks Mm -hmm. if you want to have a legal home birth and, Mm -hmm. and then it's considered illegal. So I don't know exactly like what the parameters are of that. I don't know if that means like my midwife literally couldn't come to the birth. I'm not sure, but yeah. I just remember. I think there's yeah. that, you know, obviously you can still birth at home. That's not illegal, but yes. I think that right. her registration or her insurance yeah. would not cover her. So in case exactly. she did attend that and something went pear-shaped, she would not be yeah. covered with her insurance. And obviously then you wouldn't be covered as well and your baby. Yes. Yes. And I love how we found her. I just, we interviewed like four midwives, I think. And she just has this really calm, like non-emergency attitude, which is most midwives, I think. But uh, I just remember thinking how awesome that is. And, And that was one of the other things that really helped Christian is talking to her and asking those questions, like all those questions that everybody has, like, what happens in this situation? What happens if there's a cord wrapped around the baby's neck? And and it sounds like an emergency because that's how our society puts it out there, but it's not. And they yeah. handle it so well. Mm. And her like calm acknowledgement of all these questions, like, oh, we've done that before. We've handled that before. It's not as scary as it's made out to be. Mm. And here are some solutions. Mm. Um, so him being able to ask all his questions, I think was like a huge shift as well. And just having them come to our house for the appointments was amazing. Like not only did like we have a home birth, but they came to our house for all the appointments, which was amazing. So I just loved being in our home environment for, for that too. Yeah. And Ferris could sit on the couch with me and measure my belly with the midwife and listen to my heartbeat and he was so involved yeah um which was so special so that that was one of the other aspects of it I know I love that you know I love that it just yeah uh it's how it should be women coming to see Mm -hmm. women you know that yeah it's just it deepens your bond and especially having a home birth you know I always attend the the um, parents house to also like walk around talk about you know labor stations or like oh look at this you could have the pool here and like you know you have a cup of tea and you sit and chat and it's not just about baby and birth and pregnancy but it's also life and you know these are the things that also create a really important kind of rapport you know with your birth keeper right whether that is you know your midwife or whoever's your your birth keeper yes Yes. and also like I I always sit and spend a lot of time talking to the partners and you about their fears and I recently just a couple of weeks ago was sitting with a couple and you know they had done this which I you know I always say that to my couples like you know talk about your fears before you see me go through them you know think about your own ways of handling them or what's there and then we'll talk about them and we go into you know depths about it and it's really great and and usually I see a big shift especially in in men who might be quite as you say black and white sometimes or logical and and think, oh, why take the mm-hmm. risk to be at home? But when we talk about it, they realize it's sim- it's the same. Hospital and, and home, um, the emergencies are handled the same. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you have registered 
um, midwives, they bring all the things, right? They bring the drugs and the things and the bits and the bobs that they might need, which is not a lot, actually. You know, you don't need all the yes. bells and whistles. And, no. you know, if you're a low-risk mama, low-risk baby, low-risk pregnancy, then, you know, it's very super-duper rare that something would be, like, acute. You know, there's always time to then go, yes. like, hey, something's going on here. Let's transfer to the hospital, which is also very rare, you know, with home births. It's just very rare. Very rare. And mm-hmm. I, that is one of the things that I remember for myself thinking, okay, like a hospital is, is for emergencies and other situations. It's not for birth mm-hmm. for me and for, for most women, but I just don't think we have that perspective, but I just yeah. don't feel like that's a space for birth. Like, I feel like the, also the difference between an obstetrician and a midwife, like a midwife literally has so much training in every single different category that comes with birth. And then an obstetrician has like two tricks up his sleeve for how to fix like all the same, all a myriad of issues that could be really detrimental because it's like one thing does not solve like all these other things. Like something as simple as the positioning of your baby does not need to be um, something that has an inner, like a very intense intervention in a hospital, but we don't see it that way in the hospital. Right. So a midwife can do like five to 10 different things to help you shift the position of your baby if it's necessary mm. and not in an aggressive way. So I just love like the grace that goes into how midwives handle all these different things that could come up. Um, yeah. It's amazing because they just, they do it so gracefully and they have so many tools. That, I like, think, yeah. Tools in like a spiritual way and a physical mm. way. <laughs> I think that the biggest, you know, and simplest way of describing it is that obviously speaking about midwives um, that are not maybe like medicalized, more obstetric nurses, but midwives who are trained like woman-centered in physiological birth, like midwives are trained for normal birth, for natural, Mm -hmm. normal physiological birth and experts in that, right? Experts in that. experts, yes. Obstetricians, they are experts in the pathological situations for birth. And most of them have never, ever, ever seen, ever seen. Exactly. Not not in their student years, not in their, in their, uh, you know, they have never seen a natural physiological birth. They might think that they've seen a natural birth with, with, you know, an epidural on board because that's a vaginal birth, but like they have not seen from start to finish a woman going through the physiology of birth undisturbed, having a baby. They've never seen that. And actually, unfortunately, a lot of midwives haven't seen that too, depending on where they work, if they only work in a big hospital, for example. So this is why you experienced that with the first birth. You came in and it became a whole big event because no one went like, and they maybe couldn't because the facility working, they have to take their boxes. They couldn't just go like, hey, she's like, she's rocking this. Let's just like give her space and she'll just birth by herself in the corner. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think my midwife mm-hmm. could have done that. Right. But mm-hmm. just like you said, like she had to work with the priorities. Like the priorities is not me having a physiological birth. The priority is doing exactly what you're supposed to do within the hospital guidelines. And I felt that that's, I walked away and I felt that, you know, the priority for my midwives at my house is we're going to make this a beautiful physiological experience that is respected that Mm. we trust Mm. you know what I mean if anything brings fear to me 
it's what you said about the, the OBs never having seen a physiological birth. That's scary. That I don't scary. think birth in itself is scary. I think the way that we view it and manage it and over control it mm. and bring all this fear into it is scary. That's yeah. what makes all these issues. And so hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely. Just, and, and, you know, and in saying that, you know, we both know, right. That most women and babies can have a natural physiological birth. Not everyone. Sometimes, you know, right. we need the hospital, we need the obstetricians, we need medication, all of that, but not everybody, not every right. woman. And that is the right. issue, isn't it? That it's just so damn over medicalized. Yeah. And, you know, I think people think that when I say like, oh, I'm going to have a home birth or I'm really into that, that they think I don't think anyone would ever need any kind of intervention of of any type. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I know that there are situations that that is necessary and and life-saving and helpful. I think if you look at the statistics, they're just incredibly high and that Mm -hmm. becomes the go-to, the interventions become the go-to instead of Mm -hmm. the natural process. So that's all I'm saying. And also, um, I think people sometimes view someone as kind of like naive, like, Oh, you want a home birth. You probably don't know anything about birth. And it's like, I think because you want a home birth, you you know, so much, so much about everything and any issue that comes up is then an issue that you want to look into and see both sides and see all the angles and then make a decision, which Mm -hmm. I think is empowering. And, and, um, you know, there was a situation that came up with, what is it called? Group B strep GBS. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember asking like a group, like, has anyone experienced this on Facebook? Bad idea, bad idea. (laughs) Don't do that again. No, don't um, do that. You know, I said I would prefer not to do antibiotics unless that's the only option. Mm. And, you know, I did I did get like a lot of really intense responses like you're being so irresponsible. How Mm. could you not just do it if that's what's suggested? Do it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but what about doing my research as well? Mm-hmm. Right. So then mm-hmm. I took like two or three days, read a ton of articles, mm-hmm. asked my midwife, just like looked into it. And I learned so much, like all these 10 factors that could make group B stress, group B strep, like an actual infection were not present in my pregnancy. So mm-hmm. if I had just gone and listened to the first thing someone said, I wouldn't have the full information. And every situation is different, you know? So, um, and we did come up with a plan, like my midwife and I, and like, here are our options. It's not just one option. We have a couple of options we can try. I did the probiotics. It was great. Um, And I'm really glad we did that because I didn't want to just take it for like, this is, I don't want to wipe the baby's like complete gut before it even has a chance to, you know what I mean? Like really, it's a a big thing. It's, and it's a big, big, big dose as well. And they kind of tripled it just a few years ago. Like, so yeah, it it is, it's good to do your research and to take an informed decision. And that's about everything, like take responsibility. And, um, it's not just one way fits all. And, you know, saying that with the group strap, just like everything else, it's not practiced mm-hmm. everywhere that they that you scream for that, right? 
I know. And I learned that Mm -hmm. and I would not have learned that if Mm -hmm. I didn't research it. Right. But I'm like, okay, for someone they might see like, okay, this is maybe a high risk situation in my situation. So I'm going to do this, but Mm. you need to be able to have the understanding of it instead of just, okay, my doctor said to do this This is what we're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. because I could have totally done that. And and I just would, it wouldn't have been for any reason now knowing the opposite, like that Mm -hmm. the baby came out healthy and nothing happened. And, and we had all that information. So yeah, you have to you know, know the I pros just, and the cons about everything and then make your informed yes. decision, right? Well, and also the risk thing, right? Like everything yeah. has a risk and it's yes. what you're comfortable with. Yes. Um, which risk you want to take, you know? Um, Very so. wisely said, you know, that's so wisely said. I really do believe yeah. this, you know, I really believe that at the end of the day, I think that it comes down to people taking responsibility for their birth and their baby and and themselves just seeing what risks am i willing to take you know with everything birthing in mm-hmm. hospital birthing at home you know right. everything um everything yeah, yeah. Do you want a natural birth mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you like many other women realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready, body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. So going back to Remy's birth. Yeah, let's go back to his second birth. (laughs) She did we didn't know she was, we also didn't know what her her gender was gonna be. She um ended up being a girl, and I did not think that we were gonna have a girl. So I was really excited. And that was a really cool surprise. But going back to where we were before, I was about 41 weeks and like trying to think like 41 weeks and two days, like basically nine or 10 days past 40. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to get a little nervous because Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like the midwives are telling me like we have 42 weeks. I mean, they weren't nervous. I was nervous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, to be honest, like they were like trusting the whole process. Like it's all good. We have things we can try. They were never like worried about it. 
when I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want, I think I was worried that if we got too close, like my partner or Hmm. my mom or whoever would change their mind and, and people would start to kind of make me feel guilty about not going into a hospital if that was the, and I just like couldn't fathom it. So I decided to take some castor oil on like day 10 past 40 weeks and um, not much. It was like a, maybe a half of the dose that my midwife suggested might've been like a half an ounce. I put it in a smoothie. Um, I went for a walk. It was a beautiful Saturday. It was super warm out. I went for like a 45 minute walk, you know, and again, up until this point, like zero indication of anything going on um, to stimulate, like no, no labor signs at all. So it was kind of just like, okay, like this could do something or it could do nothing. And I came back from my walk and what was cool about it was that on my walk, I listened to like a free birth episode, like about free birth. And it was like such a cool episode. Like we decided to do this free birth in our house and here's who we had with us. And it was such a cool story. And I was like, oh, that would be so cool. Like how cool would that be if that happened? And I had joked around with my partner, like most of the pregnancy saying like, I don't think Casey's going to make it to our birth because she lives an hour and a half away. So, and everyone kept saying like, it's going to be really fast. And not that that has any indication on anything, but I was like, I think it could just be you delivering the baby. And he was like, stop saying that, but stop it. So I was like, okay. Anyway, I came back from this walk and I went upstairs and I just laid down for like a few minutes before Ferris was going to get up from his nap. And I was laying there in the bed and this just thunderous, massive contraction, like huge and long. It was undeniable. I was like, whoa, (laughs) like that was intense. But as you know, it's kind of easy to be like, but this could go in any number of ways. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you don't know. You know, that could have happened. Yeah. And then it could have been it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, we'll see what happens. And I called Christian up just to tell him. And um, then another one happened, like within minutes, pretty much the same size. I was like, oh, okay. Like, those are very intense. And, um, yeah. And, and I just remember being sort of like, I don't know, like, should we tell the midwife or like, no. And, and I don't know, maybe we'll tell my sister and my mom to come. And he's like, yes, we're telling them. And I'm like, he always, he's always like, he kind of has an idea of what it's the real thing. Whereas I'm like somewhat in denial about it. And maybe <laughs> also he was like scared shitless from you predicting yes. that it would go really quick and he would have to catch the baby. Right. So he's like, yeah, we're telling everyone. So we told everyone, my mom and sister, like they're 10 minutes away. So they showed up like, thank God. I mean, they showed up. We're like pumping up the birth pool. Um, Ferris is following Christian around like, oh my God, pool. Like, awesome. He's having a party and I'm just like doing my hands and knees, like breathing through the waves and the contractions that are coming one after another. Like it's like we skipped the beginning of labor. We're just, yeah. we're already right there right. in active labor. And um, I didn't know that really at the time, but like kind of did. I don't know. So I'm just breathing. 
and my mom and sister come in, I'm already on the couch on my side, which again, I just like to be on my side. <laughs> so Casey was like on the phone, my midwife on the phone. She's like, put her on the couch on her side. I think that would be a good position at this point. And mm-hmm. so that's what we did. And my mom showed up and my sister has Ferris and Christian and my mom and I are like on the couch. So like my mom's down by my legs, Christian's up by my arms, just cause I needed to like squeeze the living daylights out of his arms. And I remember my mom kept telling me to squeeze her hand. And I just kept thinking like, I cannot squeeze your hand as hard as I want to, because it's not going to withstand. You know what I mean? Like I need to like really go for it. So we're, we're just on the phone with the midwife and, um, it was all progressing at such a rate that like none of us could really do anything, but like hone in and focus. So we're like, Casey, this is what's happening. Like, I don't think you're going to make it because all of a sudden I was bearing down, but this time like fetal ejection reflex fully, like just my body is pushing this baby out period. And so can I just stop you there? Like, what are we talking here? Like, are we talking less than an hour from like the first contraction? 45 minutes. Yep. Holy moly. Whoa. Jeez. Crazy. Yeah. I was, and I don't know if part of that is the castor oil. I don't know if part of that is Remy has the sassiest, fieriest personality I've <laughs> totally. ever, ever. Yeah. Ever. You know what? Births like, really do tell you. They really do tell you about the baby as well. You know, it's definitely yeah. them showing themselves too. She embodies that birth like nobody has embodied her. It like so intense. So yeah. I was like, this makes sense. <laughs> At now, the time, yeah. I didn't know, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, so it's all just like, okay, Casey's like, listen, the one thing that really helped me is when Casey said, if everything is progressing this quickly, there aren't complications. It's going well. Your body would not be progressing through this this way if there was some kind of issue. So just trust Mm. the process. And I was Mm. like, oh my God, I can relax a little bit. And Mm. it was such a mental boost. And also she said, you don't have to push. Like if your body is doing it, just do, yeah. just breathe, just breathe yeah. and don't think about pushing. Like you don't have to actively push. So I was like, okay, again, like that makes more sense to me. Yeah. And I'm on my side and I'm just like, wow. You know, like it was a big difference, although very, very intense because of the, I guess, just the level that it was so quickly. And honestly, like before we knew it, her head is out and, um, my mom's like asking Casey on the phone, like, okay, do we need to touch it, do anything, interact in any way? Casey's like, leave it. Just let's like pause. We're mm. going to wait for the next contraction. It's going to rotate. Baby's going to rotate. And that's what happened. Like next contraction comes, she rotates. We push out, I push out her body. Everything is, that's it. Like it was just so quick. Yeah. And really cool because then they put her on my chest and we're all just kind of like, Oh my God. Okay. And Christian had a little moment where he got freaked out. Cause I think he didn't know like that sometimes the baby doesn't breathe or cry like right away. Yeah. So there was like that little pause. I don't know how long, not very long at all, but he said to Casey, like, is it okay? She's looking blue. Like, is everything good? 
And Casey was like, just give it a second. The baby breathed. She cried. Everything was perfect. She started like changing color. So everyone was happy. (laughs) And I'm just like, took us like maybe a couple minutes before we were like, wait a second. My mom was like, there's no penis. (laughs) Cause I just wanted to experience having a girl. I don't know, really bad. So now I was, I was like over the moon about Mm -hmm. it being a girl. We named her Remy Jane. My mom's name is Jane, but my mom is the one who ended up catching the baby. And she, so it was just like this really big shift for her to basically go from being completely opposed, not even able to talk about it. Yeah. To then catching the baby and basically acting as the midwife in in that situation. Um, It was crazy. So it was fitting that we named her middle name, Jane. And we actually thought of that like the week prior. So it was kind of this cool thing. Like we should name her, if it's going to be a girl, it'll be Remy Jane but not knowing that this was about to unfold and also not knowing that the free birth that I subconsciously wanted (laughs) apparently was about to unfold. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Watch what you wish for, you know, and especially what you speak out loud. Like this is, you know, words are so magical and especially if we repeat something a lot, you know, it, I definitely mm. could sense that it was going to happen because of that. And I, and it wasn't scary because I kind of like had a comfortability with it. I don't know if that's a word. I was very comfortable with it, but it is interesting because I definitely put that energy out there. Like I know that. And I didn't really do that for the third birth. I wasn't really like, oh, I want it to be exactly like that. Um, I so want when, it to be slower. Yeah. So when your baby's now skin to skin on your chest, on the couch, yeah. you obviously did mm-hmm. not use the pool. <laughs> no, I was really bummed. Yeah. I was really bummed. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Ferris got to go in the pool though. Oh, and yay. he loved it. So yeah, that was great. He would. And so, um, yeah, baby's on my chest. And then the placenta, is that something that comes out before the midwife or is she arriving no, around so, this time? or? Holly, one of them got there first and she was there like maybe 15 minutes after the baby was born. So, and you know, Casey said on the phone, like, don't worry, like you don't need to actively do anything, like just have her with the baby on the chest, leave everything the way it is. Like, and that was, you know, I knew that too. So that was good. And I wanted to wait it out to cut the cord. And so that part, we waited probably like a good half hour Mm. Um, 40 minutes till we even really like mm. did that and it birthed pretty I feel like it birthed easily although I feel like sometimes my memory is shaky on these things mm-hmm. um, I remember being very relieved that that part was over I feel like that both times like I just don't want to worry about anything else having to come out of my body I'm just done yeah so that that was cool. And I loved that we could all like see it and look at it and it's right there in this bowl. And my midwife cut it up into pieces so I could put it in my smoothie for the next X, Y, Z amount of time, which I kind of loved, but also it was a little weird. Um, (laughs) Probably because our blender wasn't awesome. Okay. (laughs) No TMI, but like definitely did not decide to do that this time. Yeah. We went a different route, but it was such a cool experience to like have this whole Mm. thing like right here. And Ferris was 
Barris was sitting on the potty with my sister when the baby came out. So they came into the room and he was 20 months at that point. Um, still sort of like a baby, but so, so into it and curious and like, you know, non-phased and my brother and my dad and my sister's husband came over and played with him specifically in the yard and like gave him that one-on-one time. Mm -hmm. And that was really great because, you know, that's a big transition and a big thing to happen. Yeah. So, and those are like the people he loves most in the world is like Mm -hmm. the big guys. So he played with them in the yard for like an hour and it was just them. And it was just like really nice and really special. Mm. Um, Yeah. And it was just so peaceful. Like it was so different than being in the hospital, like having your own space. It's so quiet. There's sunlight in the room. There's Mm. flowers around. There's like nice music playing. Mm. We can go in and out of the backyard with Ferris. Like it was just so awesome mm. to have that and and then to be able to make like whatever food I wanted like my midwives made me a smoothie or Christian made me a smoothie and like a mm. turkey sandwich and I was like this is what I want to be eating not like <laughs> whatever else yeah um yeah so so that was a that was a really interesting and cool and sort of like mind-blowing situation experience yeah. <laughs> and I loved it and so healing for your mother and like yeah sister yeah. and your in your you know the lineage of women yeah. in your family how amazing to give that to them so how how yeah. many months were you then or i mean how old were your kitties when you then felt pregnant again because you just had a baby a few yeah. days ago you cray cray a few person. days ago <laughs> I really did not, honestly, I really was like thinking, okay, like we probably have to like at least 40, close to 42 weeks. So I was thinking when I like was going to talk to you, I was like, we won't have this baby yet. Like it'll just be the whatever. So, so yeah, Ferris was, I don't remember what ages they were when I got pregnant, but right now Mm. Ferris is four and change and Remy is like two and a half. Okay. So that's how old they are now. And then the baby's like four days old. Yeah. So speaking of the difference, like I remember having the perspective of it would be great if this birth was like, you know, medium length, mm. not so, so fast, maybe more like Ferris's birth, which was like eight to 10 hours, mm. like the whole labor, active labor, mm. the whole process, Yeah. Would you know, just because when it's that fast, it's, it's hard to really acknowledge all of the elements that are going on. Mm, Yeah. Um, It's quite shocking. Yeah. It's a bit of a shock. And so I think I wanted it to be more chill, like a chill vibe. Yeah. Um, and like, I did appreciate that early labor with Ferris, like just being in our house and just going through the, the early labor together and just kind of like being in such a relaxed state. So I, I wanted that to be more how it was. And, um, again, this pregnancy was very difficult. Um, by far the hardest one, it, the nausea was worse than with Remy, which I honestly didn't think was possible. So Mm. I was struggling with that, like a lot. Um, you know, I had to join, like, I actually did join a hyperemesis group because even though I wasn't hospitalized for it, I needed someone to understand, like, yeah. what 
I felt like because, you know, everybody in your normal life is like, oh, you're pregnant. Like you must feel amazing. That's such a gift. And it is, but it's like, first I need to acknowledge that this is so hard. Yes. Yeah, so with two little ones as well. Goodness. It was, yeah, yeah. Like I would wake up with sort of like a depressed feeling for a mm. while because I didn't know how I could function, like mm. feed my kids, feed myself, do anything without yeah. feeling like I could just collapse on the couch. And it was really, really hard. And I think that's one of the things I want to like normalize for people is like, yeah, if you experience like, severe nausea, like trying to get help for it really quickly and yes. not letting it get too out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did not do that well with the first two. And then with the third, we did actually try a bunch of things. Nothing worked. So I think it was mm-hmm. just very defo- like defeating. Yeah. And it scared me because I was like, how long is this going to last? Like, um, if there's nothing I can do about it. Like I tried like four or five different types of prescriptions, which I really didn't want to even do. But anyway, so I just sort of had to like really surrender to it. And that was hard, but I did end up getting through to 30 weeks which is when it kind of let up a little bit, like 30, 20 to 30 weeks is when it sort of like gave me a little bit of a break. Um, but I know for women who experience this, it's really hard to explain it to the people in your life. It's hard to, for your partner to understand sometimes not physically feeling what it is like yeah. to just feel like you have 1% battery mm. on an emotional and physical level. So Um, but he, Christian really helped me identify like when this physical nausea and depletion had turned into like anxiety and depression, because I was starting to have these very irrational thoughts and behaviors, like just to sort of like get through it. And I just didn't know how I was going to get through it. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of tools or hope. So Mm -hmm. we got back on track. Like I got a therapist weekly was one of the things I did. Um, I did end up taking a low dose of medication, which I felt like really helped me balance in a way, even Mm. though that's not my first go-to, like I Mm. did decide to do that. And um, it has helped me a lot before in periods where I have anxiety and it's not forever. You know, I think people need to know that there are tools you can use for certain amounts of time. So we did a lot to really get on track. We hired another person to help us take care of the kids. Um, Her her name is Natalie. She's amazing. So Mm. everything like that makes a huge difference. Mm. Like I was able to nap every day that got me through. Mm. So basically got through the pregnancy and we're at the end and I'm definitely in higher spirits and Thank God I was really trying to put all the positive energy into it that I could because of how hard it was in the beginning. Mm. I didn't want that to transfer to the baby. Yeah. So it's doing my like best to really give this all this positive energy when I could and when I felt started to feel better. Mm. Um, so we had the same midwives and it was great. Mm. Um, I think we got to about like 
38 weeks and I started to get curious, like, okay, I wonder if this will be a pattern where like, it just gets later and later every time, or is it going to be like a random thing? Like, you know how everybody has all their guesses about how these things go. And so it ended up being 39 weeks and six days that I went into labor, which is for me, quite early. Yeah. Because <laughs> Ferris was 40 weeks and six days. Mm. And then Remy was like, whatever we said before. It was like way late. Yeah. So, and I'm late is not really accurate because yeah, really, it's not. Those yeah. are when they were supposed to come. Like that's absolutely actually when they were supposed to come. And I know that. So it was more like my expectation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, mm, yeah. 40 days. 39 weeks, six days. I'm, I woke up, I had, and you know, this time I did have Braxton. Well, either Braxton Hicks or prodromal labor, either way, Mm. my body had been warming up for like two weeks. Mm. Like probably every evening I would have like some variation of cramping or like contracting. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is that? Like, I've never, <laughs> that must be what people are talking about when yeah. they're asking you if you've experienced facts and hicks. So it was like every morning I was like, hmm, interesting. This time I woke up on, on the day that it was happening and I was like, okay, I had like four or five contractions or waves within like a pattern of some, some sort, it was like 15, 20 minutes. It was like five in the morning. So I was sort of sleeping through them, but kind of paying attention. And I told Christian when he got up in the morning mm-hmm. and I was like, just, just set up the birth pool before you go to work. Like we need to have the birth pool. Like I must've been talking about the birth pool the entire pregnancy, by the way, because <laughs> all I want to do is go in the freaking birth pool. Christian's like, if you talk about the birth pool one more time, anyway so like I just was like as long as you set up the birth pool you can go to work because like who knows you know like this time it felt like a little different but he was like yeah we should definitely set up the birth pool we're gonna get everything set up I'll go to work for a few hours you keep me posted I definitely still had like many different contractions but they were completely random and they were different lengths and there was no pattern whatsoever in any way. Mm. So I told the midwives just in case and proceeded ahead as normal. My mom came and got Remy and Ferris just so they could like go hang out at her house in case. And I kind of just like got some things prepped and cleaned up the house a little bit and then would go lay down. And anytime I was laying down, the contractions would like stop. So I was like, okay. But then when I would get up to do anything, like immediately I would have a contraction. I was like, okay, weird. This is different. Like I've not experienced this before, but okay. So I was just keeping everyone posted and we were all kind of like, don't know if this is going anywhere or not. And Christian came home around 12 or something. We were just sort of hanging out at the house. He was like, do some stairs. Like, see if that (laughs) does anything. Like walking upstairs and downstairs because... I had listened to his one birth story and the girl said she did hills. Like she walked up and down hills to see if it would increase the contractions or not, mm-hmm. but it was raining. So I was like, I'll just do some stairs. Went up and down the stairs a couple of times. Definitely would rev up the contractions. Yeah. Then I came back to the living room. 
I was on like doing the contractions, like sort of cat cow, but leaning on the birth ball, which was so helpful Mm. and really gave me that relief that I needed during that period. And then all of a sudden my water broke, which again was different. I didn't have that happen with either of the first two until like I was pushing the baby's head out basically. Yeah. So with this one, I was like, whoa, that's weird. Like it just (laughs) broke. (laughs) Okay. So I called, we called the midwife because this was the situation where the GBS was possible, like a possible, it was a factor. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason I called her to tell her that. Cause I was like, okay, maybe she'll have something to say about the timing of the water breaking. She was like, you know what? I'm going to come over. Yeah. So she came over, probably got there in like 30 minutes. I'm already in the birth pool because I'm like, <laughs> clearly the only thing that matters to me is getting in the birth pool. So I just got in the birth pool and I was like, you know what? If this slows everything down, that's fine. Yeah. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Like, let's see where this goes. Did you call your and husband really... as well? Did you get your partner back? Oh yeah. He was there. Uh-huh. Sorry. What'd you say? Yeah. I was just asking. Yes. He, got he was there for like a few hours at that point. And he was, again, like fully aware of what was going on. And I was like fully not aware that this was like the real thing. But I did get in the pool and it felt seriously. I was like, this is nature's pain relief. And I'd heard people say that, but I'd never experienced it. Mm. And I got in there and it was unbelievable. It was like just the most healing feeling Mm. I've ever had. Mm. So I was in there and oh my gosh, like the contractions are just so manageable in there. And, but I could tell it was progressing because they weren't really, they were very much like rolling at this point, like mm. not a ton of breaks. Like now we're kind of going, I think it's like two forty-five at this point. And Holly got there at three fifteen, and, and we're in the pool and I'm in the pool. And, um, my mom and sister, And the two kids came back around that time, maybe like five or 10 minutes before Holly. And they wanted to get in the pool, obviously. Like, let's get in the pool. We have to get in the pool. Christian's like, I don't know. Let's ask Holly when she gets here. So as soon as Holly got here, I was like, they could probably be in the pool, right? And she was like, yeah. So they got in the pool with me for like probably 20 minutes to a half hour, which was great. They were super excited about it. We all hung out. Um, I had to then pretty much end it because they're like climbing all over me. And I'm like, now these contractions are kind of like requiring me to close my eyes and really go internal. So they got out and I was just sort of like eyes closed, working with my breath, like just in the pool for like, I don't know, another hour. And we're putting on music. We're all just hanging out. Everything is very re- relaxed. And then I definitely could sense like, okay, any minute now it's going to change. Like, cause I was having those feelings, like the transition feelings, like, Oh, is there any way to go back <laughs> and not have to push a baby out of my body right now? Because I really would not, I don't want to, do you know what I mean? Like those like sort of ridiculous thoughts. Cause that's what it's like. It's like, how does, how do we make this stop? Like, this is too much. I don't want to do it anymore. Here we are. Yeah. But I know like, because I've researched it so many times, like I know what to expect. That's the only way I could have proceeded forward. 
Mm. without being like, oh my God, is this okay? You know? Mm. And my midwife is so hands-off Holly at this point. She's like so great. She's just holding like a really nice energy. She's only like listening. She's listening to the baby heart rate like here and there, but we're not doing like cervical checks. We're not doing any other things at all. Like we're just hanging. And I then started to feeling like that pushing, bearing down fetal ejection reflex. Like, and I was like, okay, this could be done in two or three of these types of contractions. Like, let's just gotta get like just rough. Like, and I would just lean over the birth pool on Christian and like squeeze his upper body. And I was like, you gotta use your voice, like low voice you know, all these mantras, but like mostly just, I knew like as uncomfortable as it can sometimes be to like be making these very intense groaning, low noises. Like that's, what's going to help me Mm -hmm. bring this situation, you know, bring it to like completion. So Mm -hmm. there was maybe two or three of those. And it felt like the craziest thing in the entire world. Like every time I forget, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what this feels like. Um, But yeah, his head came out and I was like, okay, it's the biggest part. We can do it now. Waited another contraction and then his body came out and I kind of like brought him out myself, which was cool because I didn't have really, I didn't think about that, like whether I was going to catch him or anything. So brought him out, put him on my chest and just like hung out in the water for like 20 minutes, probably making obnoxious statements about like how I'm never doing that again. I'm so excited that it's over. Now I can eat like a normal person. I don't have to worry about nausea anymore. (laughs) There's nothing else that needs to come out other than placenta. Oh yeah. Because I've decided this is my last um, pregnancy. Like I'm not doing this again. (laughs) So, but honestly, for me, like birth is such an incredible transformative journey. It is so empowering. It is so inspiring. It is so life-changing. Every moment of that is worth it. For me, the pregnancy is, 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 is almost like that, but it's just so much harder. Mm. So the two components together, I feel like having gone through that three times is more than enough. (laughs) I feel complete but I also feel like ending it this way, this third birth was exactly sort of like how it, it, like I wanted it to be like, it was like a good, yeah, it was 10 hours start to finish, you know? And it was, I got to go in the pool exactly the way I wanted and it really helped. And it really made that experience so much calmer Mm. and more just internal. And, Mm. um, I don't know, it was so supportive to that environment. So, and I was just really happy. My same team was there as usual, like my sister, my mom, Christian, my two midwives and the kids. And side note real quick, I will say people question a lot, like how do the kids react? Are they freaked out? Like, are you traumatizing them? Is it too much? They're four and they're two and a half. And I'm like, you know what? I think you're really underestimating children. And what they are intuitively capable of handling and acknowledging. Mm. First of all, you can definitely prepare them in advance, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. And they love being part of that. Like we read Mm. so many books and watched a home birth video or two and Mm. talked about it. And then 
they weren't scared, you know, they might've had moments where they were like, oh, that's kind of crazy. But like, there's all these adults there to process that with them. Yeah. And I think to just give them the acknowledgement they deserve and like how they could be a part of the yeah. situation. It's just like so cool to have them involved. Mm. So I was really glad about that, but um, yeah, and yeah, it was really cool thing, and normalizing birthing, <clears throat> yeah, at home, and it's such a, um, you know, for them to actually see their sibling being born, to be part of that so process, cool. yeah, makes them, I think, also embrace them even more as a part of them. You know, they were born in their yeah. home. You know, they understand mm-hmm. that they belong to them and to the family. Like, there's this really. Yeah, powerful message in that as well. And you, if no one else is scared, you know, they can sense yeah. that. They sense that everyone else is like, okay, mom's doing funny noises. Um, but, you know, everyone's dad's looking, you know, calm, the midwives, yeah. sister, you know, your sister, yeah. their grandma, everyone's like, just like, oh, yeah, this is normal. Then that's normal for them. They don't know anything different. Yeah. Mm. And they know Holly. They've seen her a million times now leading up to this, mm. right? So it's not like weird that she's there. It's like, mm. oh, this is just what we talked about, you know? Mm. And um, I love that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just am really glad they were able to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I'm glad it ended up being like this kind of cohesive experience the third time, like elements of both and and mm. just everything I kind of wanted for this last birth to feel complete. And, and I think the biggest thing I want people to know about home birth is like, or women and whoever is the birthing person is like, you are capable and mm. you can make empowered decisions and you can do your research and then decide what works for you and your family. And um, I think that just leads into what it is to be a parent. You know, like if you trust yourself and learn to trust yourself Mm. and figure out how to do that in a Mm. birth experience, like you can carry that forward with you into, into parenting and just, I feel like it will just, it's a portal into a better version of yourself, Mm. um, giving yourself the opportunity to truly overcome a massive experience like that is is beautiful and and really life-changing I think yeah um so I just want more people to feel like they can do that and I and I feel like or even do it in some way not it doesn't have to be the whole thing but like some parts of your birth can be the way you want it to be you know mm. um so yeah and every time I meet another home birth mom I just get really excited because <laughs> that's just like super cool yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, amazing, I think that's Taylor. kind of like the main things. Yeah, beautiful. So, if you yeah. had a first-time mama in front of you right now, who's about to have her first baby, and she really yes. wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Well, I think this goes out to my sister and anyone else in that situation that you just said, because she is pregnant with her first. And I want to say, like, it's already within you, you know, like everything that you think you can do or deserve, anything that you want it to be, like, that's already within you. And you just need to 
let yourself be worth it, A, and also have the support. Like once you find the right support, like whether that be midwives or doulas or anyone that's going to be supportive to you in this journey that you can really talk to about these things, like that does empower you, that will really help as well. Like mm-hmm. giving you, almost giving you the the strength and the permission mm-hmm. to to really go for the birth you want and do the research because the more you know, it takes away the fear. Yeah. Like it really takes away the fear because our whole culture is about fear, mm-hmm. fear when it comes to pregnancy and birth and any number of things. But mm-hmm. if you know all of the sides of things, mm-hmm. you will not be so scared. You'll have the ability to make an empowered decision. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what I would say. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the Natural Birth Podcast. I'm so happy your baby decided to sleep the whole way through. Me too. He really (laughs) needed it. And so did I. So thank you so much, Anna. I'm so excited. And I will continue to be listening to all of your amazing birth stories. And I'm inspired by every single one. Mm -hmm. And I know there were elements to them that I learned from going into every single birth that I've had. So It really, like you said, the stories are are really inspiring and that's mm-hmm. another big thing that helps. So I'll continue to listen. Yay. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much for sharing your birth wisdom. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please consider sharing it. Leave a review or make a contribution on our Patreon page. And if you want to connect on social media, then find the podcast on Instagram as The Natural Birth Podcast. Thank you for listening.